This is Purple Radio On Demand. Hello everyone and welcome to the third episode of the DST podcast. We're your co-hosts this week. My name's Chloe. And I'm Danny. Uh, we really hope you've enjoyed the last few episodes this term. Um, but for our first episode today, Danny and I are going to be talking a little bit about, well, DST in general, like a bit of a freshest guide to DST, talking a bit about our experiences. Our journey. Our journey. Our journey. <laughs> um, it's, very, it's all very exciting. Um, so yeah let's let's, let's jump on. in really when did you first get involved with dst like did you get involved right at the beginning of first term or was it the sort of thing where like me i only discovered it like halfway through first term and was like oh my god gotta do something i was kind of similar so um i am second year this year so it was fresh last year and i remember going around the freshers fair and mostly just being so excited about the free stuff oh my but god, i kind yes. of didn't really look at any of the actual stools and didn't really see any of the drama stuff mm. and then all of a sudden a girl in my house was like oh yeah no one like i'm in one of the freshers plays and i was like oh I'm not on the ball with this at all um so then kind of signed up to the emails but was really rubbish and like non-committal and was like oh maybe I'll maybe I'll go to an audition next week maybe I'll do that um and it took a while mm. so it was probably halfway into my first term that I actually started going to some auditions which were so daunting at the start didn't oh, you find so terrifying I remember the first thing I auditioned for was wait Oh my god, it was wrong, a wrong tree show. And so it's like, okay, we'll do physical stuff first, oh you know, god. physical theatre first. Which I just remember I, I got a call back for that, which I was like, well done me. But <laughs> I just remember the first one just like walking across the room, just like rolling on the floor. And I was like, okay. How have okay. we ended up here? <laughs> I know. But I just remember, so after the first two DST emails I just stopped getting them and because I hadn't paid for the membership yet and I didn't realise and that's why I had no clue what was going on it's like oh okay the whole Durham student theatre community are obviously just having a couple of weeks off yeah I know and then second term first year full full throttle really <laughs> went for it I don't know about you but I had so many rejections oh yeah like an unbelievable amount and then I had a few friends I'd come obviously I was a fresher and then a few third year friends have been like no Chloe like just prepare yourself because you know you will get a lot of rejections and I, I was prepared for that but it can be so demoralizing can't mm. it and it's one of those things where you want to audition for as many things as possible because you know to give yourself a maximum chance but then also I don't know about you but there are certain things that I was like well I'm not really interested but I'm going to exactly, try anyway exactly. and it's like where do you find the balance between just doing as much as possible and actually being interested in those That's sort of the things thing, isn't it? So it could end up where you then I don't know, get cast in something where you're not that interested in it. and especially because um plays at Durham are so intense in terms of rehearsal time like it's it's you know yes. six seven rehearsals a week sometimes for like a really intense period and if you're not actually in love with the play it's I mean it's a bit shit really <laughs> oh yeah no 100 percent but what was the first production you were involved with? Well, this is actually a slightly embarrassing thing to admit, but especially co-hosting the Bloody DST podcast. I didn't do one performance in first year because I um, it was it was bad luck. So I was in two plays towards the end of first term, 
um, a panto, which was so much fun, and then a Christmas carol. Um, and then I ended up getting pneumonia, which oh was such gosh. a ball ache. Um, so I had to go home and missed both performances, um, which was so um, annoying. And obviously yeah. so annoying for the prod team. Um, so that was a massive faff. So no, I, I, I couldn't tell you what I did in first term. Did you apply for any prod team roles? No, not really. I, was, I wasn't really into that in, in first year. Um, I'm definitely going to apply for some this year, though, because I think that looks yeah. like so much fun. And all my friends have kind of started doing it. So, you know, mm. sort of jump on the bandwagon. Yeah, no, exactly. Like, I have to say, for me, the first main things I did were prod team roles in second term of first year, which I have to say was so really enjoyable and just a really good way to get into it. But kind of I had a similar thing, well, in terms of towards the end of second term of first year I got tonsillitis during prod week for a show which was so much fun and so I stupidly went to the first performance because I thought well I I need to show support and everyone was like where have you been I was like I've just been bedridden with tonsillitis so that was that was fun in games so also tonsillitis is so grim it's so awful actually horrendous so what was your first prod team role and like for which play? So I was assistant director for Jesus Christ Superstar, um, which was a CTC show, which was so much fun. I absolutely loved the musical. I actually went to see it at the Open Air Theatre the end of <laughs> August this year. It was such it was such a cool experience. And <laughs> one thing that I really do love about DST is you meet such an array of people and some of my really close friends now I met through doing DST shows. Oh, that's so nice isn't it? Yeah like actually one of the friends that I met through doing Jesus Christ Superstar I saw the other day which was really cute. Um, <laughs> but yeah no, that was a really good show and we got such good reactions. I think we sold out the majority of the run which was oh, so cool. Amazing. Yeah. Um, but yeah that was such, I have to say I was very lucky that that was my first show that I was involved with um mm. but yeah that was really cool and musicals your passion like is that is that what you love oh, <laughs> oh. I oh, oh. I do love me a good musical I, I really do I think it's so interesting how you can get such different genres of shows that can be made into great musicals and just have amazing music written for them definitely you know Les Mis on one end and then say something like I don't know six or everyone's talking about Jamie on the other like yeah. completely different emotional shows really but yeah they both work so well with the music I mean Hamilton's been huge in terms of that hasn't it yeah like such kind of emotionally provocative music yeah and also something that's so different from like the mainstream of what a musical is yes which I really like the direction that, that like modern musicals are going in in that just pushing the boundaries of what people traditionally think musical theatre music should be should be yeah and I think that's also something that I really like about the way I think DST is going because I think in the last year there have been a lot more shows that have got a bit more of a darker deeper tone and I think that's really cool and I think that really speaks to what people want to see especially at Durham yeah um and I think some of the shows that are happening this term are also going down that route which I really like yeah um the original Death Rabbit looking at the like kind of summary yeah. for that that looks amazing it really does so excited to see that yeah what's your favorite musical of all time oh my god okay I this is a classic but I do love Wicked I haven't seen it 
Really? I mean, I've, I've sung Defying Gravity in the shower, but I haven't actually seen Wicked. Recommend. One show that's quite new, which <laughs> I saw twice in one week at the beginning of the year, is Anne Juliet, which is at the Shaftesbury hmm. Theatre in London. This composer called Max Martin, who's written loads of songs for people like Katy Perry, um, okay. Backstreet Boys. And it's basically the premise of the show is that you've got Romeo and Juliet, but what happened if Juliet didn't die? And it's basically what what might have happened. And using Max Martin written songs, but musicalified. That is such a great concept. It's such a great concept. The set and the costumes are so cool because it's Tudor costumes, but with a modern twist. Oh, I'm going to do some Googling. I want to see that, yeah. I If anyone hasn't heard of it, I recommend just listening to the soundtrack. Um, that's my new favourite at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> or it has been for most of the year. I just, I loved it when I first saw it. Um, yeah, what about you? Oh, it's so basic, but it, it's got to be hairspray. Um, I yeah. love hairspray. It's unbelievable. I don't know if this is a controversial opinion or not, but I am not a huge fan of some musical films oh yeah I think the hairspray film I love the hairspray film yeah it works doesn't it I know so good there are others which I don't know if I should name them or not oh, I think you should but, <laughs> okay I don't like the Lamers movie me neither it really just annoys me that they that number one I understand why they chose actors who were well known, you know. But then the thing is, Lame Miz is well known enough that you would have thought it was. You didn't need Anne Hathaway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But also the fact that certain actors were given such praise when they didn't really sing the song is what annoyed me. I'm like, if you're going to do a musical with such difficult songs as in Lame Miz, do it. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, Eddie Redmayne, as much as we love him to look at, he, he could have been so much stronger vocally. And it, yeah. That's the same with Anne Hathaway. Like, she did not do I Dreamed a Dream justice at all. She barely sang it and it really annoyed me. Exactly. And it's such a beautiful song. It had so much potential. And then obviously we love Mamma Mia. Oh, I mean, <laughs> I mean, that goes without saying. What did you think of the second one? So when I first saw the second one, I wasn't the biggest fan. Or just the plot is kind of lacking. It's more because to me, what the plot is, is just memory. Yeah, fair. The second time I saw it, I think I enjoyed it a bit more. Um, I definitely prefer the first one. I mean, yeah. Oh, so I just remembered the Book of Mormon. That's one of those ones that's really stayed with me, actually. It's so well done. Because I remember the first time I saw it, I was they do a lottery where you can get front row seat tickets for £20. They do that with Hamilton as well, don't they? Yeah. So me and my friend put our names in for that. And my name was the third one called and she screamed. <laughs> so, yeah, that was really cool. And then my, my parents and my sister weren't that interested in seeing it. But then a few years later, they were. And... My mum and my sister went and loved it. Then I took my dad for his birthday and he loved it. Oh, amazing. Have you done any musicals in Durham? Oh, oh, apart from Jesus Christ. No. Well, I directed A Grand Night for Singing last year. Wait, was that not the cast one? Yeah. 
I think I heard rehearsals for that. I didn't realise that was your baby. That was a nice experience. Where was it performed in in Cuss? Yeah. Oh my. Yes, God. I think I remember that, which is slightly challenging. The thing is, we had to build the set after a formal. So we started building a set at nine p.m. Jesus. and we only left at four thirty a.m. Oh my god. Yeah, and because building that stage took a long time, and then. We had to go through lighting as well. And eventually we managed to get through at least one run. Yeah. Oh, my God. That sounds tiring. <laughs> really yeah. tiring. It's one of those things where you would have thought people would be really cranky then. But no, people were cranky the day after. And wait, was the day after your opening night? Yeah. It's not ideal to have people being grumpy, is it? I know. I know. Do you have a particularly embarrassing DST audition story? I don't think any of them have been particularly, like, really embarrassing. It's just been awkward and uncomfortable. Oh. And some panels can be... Most are lovely. That's that's another thing to stress. Like, most prod team panels are just... I mean, they're just people like so everyone yeah. else, and they're, they're so lovely. Some, some can be quite cold. <laughs> yeah, I also think... Most of the time when you have a prod team interview, it's not the whole exec interviewing you, which is obviously a lot more reassuring. Yeah. But I think when you have it, the occasional time, which like like we were saying, this doesn't happen very often, but the occasional time when there's been the whole exec interviewing yeah. you in a big room, that is very scary and very uncomfortable. Exactly. So but that's only happened to me once. So I sense you haven't embarrassing audition story oh Danny I really do <laughs> I really do and it still haunts me in fact I've, I've got two one's worse than the other um I was at my uh review callback last year which is when you take your sketches there and they kind of put you in these big groups and then you go away and rehearse come back we came back into this room and I was wet I mean no to know me I wear dungarees a lot I love my dungarees Ooh, I love for that. one sketch it wasn't mine uh I had to kind of sit on the floor and then I had to jump up really quickly and I, I jumped up oh, no. and my dungaree strap ripped off <gasps> like ripped off at pretty much the exact time of this poor guy's like punchline of his sketch no. which was really good but everyone was doing that slightly like awkward like giggling yeah because of my dungaree strap so they completely missed the point of his sketch and oh, no. it was awful and I mean Danny I'm a blusher I go bright red and I was oh my I look like I just run a 10k oh, and it was it was so dreadful um needless to say I got ceremoniously rejected um and then actually an another one which isn't quite as bad but I walked into an interview and one of the um one of a panel with someone I'd actually got with the Friday before and it's just that eye contact it's like oh shit yeah what do I say like do I acknowledge it yeah. do I not so I didn't I think that was the right decision but I think you're right because and I, I also think in that situation if the person on the panel who's who you know, part of that situation can't or doesn't separate the two situations. It, that shows their immaturity, really. Yeah, you're so right. If you happen to be the right person for the role, they shouldn't just ignore it because of what happened. <laughs> I'm not saying they did, but you know what I mean. No, I definitely so. wasn't the right person for a role. I think I was actually going for a man. <laughs> did you go to the Fringe at all? I didn't go to the Fringe. So in first year, 
I didn't audition for anything in third term because I spent the summer working at a summer camp in America. Oh my God, amazing. So, which was so much fun. Like I was a specialist archaeology and drama teacher. No. Or counsellor, counsellor, I should say. Um, So that was really fun. So I, at the end, so you have the Doskers at the end of the year. We didn't, obviously didn't have that last year. So I went to that because some of the shows I was involved with in first year were nominated and also just like friends were going. And my flight to Boston was the next day. So my dad had come come up a few days before to take the majority of my stuff home. But I had, so my, I had to get a a 6am train from Durham. So I had about two hours sleep, got 6am train, got home about nine and then had to leave for the airport at 12. That sounds like my worst nightmare. <laughs> like it was worth it, but that was like that was. But hard. what are like what are American children like? They're, I feel like an American summer camp is quite how you think it would be, which I don't really know how to describe. But is it like Parent Trap? Kind like kind of you get those vibes. Like oh, that's so they exciting. do they do <laughs> love the English accent. Like the kid the kids were really, really nice to be fair. They were really lovely. But yeah, it was a really, really cool experience. And I think if you ever have the opportunity or ever think about doing Camp America, do it like that, um, definitely should because it's such a cool experience and it really puts you out of your comfort zone. Um and also you just get to explore like on your days off and stuff like that. So it was really cool. Danny What's your favourite show that you've been a part of, either acting or prod teaming? I'm going to have to say that is a toss-up between Jesus Christ Superstar and then Mm -hmm. The 39 Steps, which I was in last year. That was fun. That was an intense rehearsal period, but it was fun. Good people. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I had to do accents for that, which I didn't think I did very well. But And I asked people, oh what did you think of my accent did yeah. you think it was okay and like, oh yeah it was fine I was like okay don't agree <laughs> but that's fine by me what what accent was it I had to do a Scottish and a German okay for our next podcast you're gonna have to do it all in Scottish and then our final one <laughs> German oh. I mean please Chloe question for you so you obviously mentioned before about how you have auditioned for the review would you are you going to do any general stand-up in Durham or are you more of a sketch performer or do you would you like to try it out what's your what's your comedy vibe stand-up is something that I've always been really really intrigued about and I did a a kind of I mean you can't even call it stand-up it was so bad when I was 15 I I did a it was just the collection of schools in my in the eastern suburbs in the area of Sydney where we were living they did this kind of impromptu kind of stand-up night mm-hmm. and each school would send like a couple of kids who were like semi-good at drama to basically give it a whirl yeah and I remember loving doing that but finding it terrifying like really really scary um and definitely with sketch comedy there is something very reassuring about a script um I don't think I would try stand-up at Durham um partly because I've I've seen quite a lot of it. And to be honest, I really just don't think I'm good enough. Um, So I think for the moment, we'll probably just stick to being rejected by, you know, various sketch troops in Durham. It seems to be what I'm good at. (laughs) I have to say, for the past two years that I've been here, 
Um, it does seem like there are, well, there are a lot of different opportunities for people to test their stand-up routines, um, which is obviously a great way to just like test your material and just see whether you think you're up for it. I didn't even know that was a thing. Where do you, what, like what platforms are they? So I know one of my friends started doing it through, I think it's the Durham University Improvise Society or some, something to do with improvisation. Okay. And I know mm-hmm. that she started doing it, doing it through them and then had the confidence to do something else. And then she eventually started doing quite a few and got, she's, you know, fairly funny. And then I think she got asked to do the, like the DSE fashion show last year. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's cool. Obviously, I don't really think that she can, she's doing it this year because of COVID this is a thing (laughs) I think it's a really cool thing to do like I love watching stand-up stand-up is one of those things where if I just want to feel not better but if I just want to laugh and just kind of forget about everything I just watch like a stand-up special I watched the Joe Lysett one last night and oh my god hilarious who's one of your well not one of who's if you had to say your favorite stand-up comedian who would it be can I say two yeah Joe Lysett and Catherine Ryan. Oh, Catherine Ryan, she's amazing. I love she Kath- is amazing. She is brilliant. I'm a big James Acaster fan. Oh yeah, no, he's funny. He's funny. Another thing I love watching is Would I Lie to You? Just watching clips of that <gasps> on YouTube. Oh, it is hilarious. You can watch amazing. any clip and it's brilliant. I have to say, David Mitchell and Nemac are they're so quick. They're so unbelievably clever, aren't they? Like their wit is razor sharp. I know, I know. I also love it when they get um Bob Mortimer on or Greg <laughs> Greg Davies. They're brilliant. In lockdown, we had um, you know, I mean everyone did, you know, the the every Friday night you do a uh, a Zoom pub quiz with your group of family friends yeah, I mean yeah. nauseating and you know <laughs> I, I swore to myself I'll never do a pub quiz again mm-hmm. but our final round every week was uh, would I lie to you and we all had to bring a kind of a, one story per family and then you'd be interrogated about it yeah. it is so much fun oh it's so fun is there a would I lie to you board game because there should be I would buy that we can make it copyright don't don't take it have we found our niche I think so. Danny, we're going to be rich. <laughs> well, the thing is, we joke, but genuinely, these clips on YouTube have millions of views. Let's do it. So there is an audience <laughs> out there. Now, as a kind of ending remark, what are you doing this year in terms of DST in the age of COVID? So at the moment, I am producing The Road to Huntsville. Okay. Which is on on the 9th of November. yeah that's kind of all I'm doing at the moment because you know third year fun I have quite a few summatives and deadlines was the end of term so I didn't consider anything after week five or six just because I know for like my own mental health I couldn't do it which is something I should have done last year because I just took stuff on and didn't think about deadlines which it was fine, but you know, it's not the best decision, not the <laughs> best thing to do. Yeah. That is what we are doing so far. What about you? Well, annoyingly, <laughs> this seems to be an enjoying theme, um, me and illness. I've I've had I've had COVID um really quite badly actually. So I was kind of oh, bedridden no. for 10 days. Oh and goodness. I'm still not actually properly back to normal, but it meant that I missed um do you remember I think 
week two there were kind of 14 auditions or something oh yeah 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 and I kind of signed up for and of course it's all via bloody zoom so you had to sign up for the slots um which is definitely a change from last year in terms of it's much more formal now you have Mm. to really kind of be like yes I'm going to go to this audition whereas before you'd be be a lot more conscious about will I turn up to Elvis yeah exactly yeah um so I had to cancel like all of those auditions, which is slightly frustrating. Um, so I've got kind of nothing on the cards at the moment. Um, hopefully things to come when I'm feeling a bit better. I think I'll start auditioning again. And you've inspired me to go for some prod team stuff. So I might also start looking into that. Definitely prod team is a really good way to just understand how DST works. You know, not saying that the app, you know, doing the acting side isn't a good way because it definitely is. Mm-hmm. But I think if you want to try something new and just, I guess, develop different skills, which you know, it's always good for the CV, <laughs> um, <laughs> then I would definitely say prod team is a really great way to just see what the other side's like. Mm-hmm. Even if you end up not not preferring it, still a nice, you know, show your adaptable yeah. and just try just try something new because that's what university is all about at the end is that advice you'd give to freshers 100 100 just yeah try everything if something remotely interests you or you don't really know that much about it try it out because it may end up being something that really impacts your uni career or even after uni you just Mm. never know yeah I would definitely say just if it interests you go for it because you'll like you'll meet so many amazing people as well which I think is definitely something that I think everyone can say about definitely DST. it's such a a lovely community although there is it's so big um there are like I think it's around like 700 members at the moment mm. it doesn't feel big like you walk down the Bailey and you yeah, are so likely to see at least one person that you know through DST it's really nice 100% and I think it's also nice when people who don't normally do that much dst do one or two productions because a lot of the time they get the bug yeah like not exactly. not covid i mean i mean, <laughs> I mean the bug. so the show that i got tonsillitis during oh. um one of the people who was in that who we're now friends which is lovely <laughs> um he hadn't really done any acting before and now he's on uh, company exec so oh no way god I think it really shows that you can get into it very quickly definitely thank you very much everyone for listening to Chloe and I's first episode of the podcast we can't wait to come back next time with some fun stories and hopefully a guest or two which will be very exciting getting their perspective and just you know hearing that excitement about shows that are coming up and yeah thank you for listening i'll see you very soon bye purple radio podcasts thanks for downloading this purple radio podcast for more great content and to listen live head to purpleradio.co.uk